listening to the weekly podcast presented by the Lighthouse Midlothian. For more information, please visit us at www.dfwlighthouse.org. Thank you and God bless. so good to be worshiping together. Anybody else agree? It's good to be worshiping together. Yes, yes, yes. Good to see you. You know, I'm just humbled today by God's greatness and his goodness. And uh, there's so many here that could preach a powerful message. We've got some great speakers here. We've got Mike, knows the Bible back and forth and all around and in every language. We've got Bill, who's been preaching for a long time, 50-some years. We've, we've got our elders who, man, they could just knock it out of the park. But I've been seeking God, and I believe I have a word of hope today for us. And we're just here to honor Jesus. We're not here to honor any one person. We're here to honor the resurrected Lord. So, Lord, we just thank you for your presence, God, that you are here. You're here, Lord, and we look to you. We look only to you, and we thank you today that you are kind, you are great. You love us more than we could ever imagine. You gave your life for us, and you live forevermore. You are alive forevermore. So, God, we seek you now. Lord, open our ears and our hearts and let your word come alive. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. All right. Hey, the problem with smartphones is they're a little too smart for our own good. Okay? Uh, yesterday, I just wanted to see if it was going to rain. So I have a weather app, and I looked at my weather app, and this is what it said. Infections have been reported in Washington, Oregon, California, Mississippi, Kentucky, Tennessee, New Hampshire, and don't forget about Oklahoma. Outbreak sickens 19 people in eight states. I thought, that's not the weather. That's just <laughs> something about birds carrying salmonella or something. It's like, did we run out of things to say about the coronavirus? So now the birds are carrying <laughs> salmonella. So lock your doors, keep the birds out. Okay, the next bit of news. On the weather app, Sierra Snowpack has California officials on edge. I picture them on the edge of their chair, the snowpack. All right. Oh, and, and this potential storms. Here's a sneak peek for next week. So if you weren't worried enough about this week, here's a little tidbit for next week. So then I went to Facebook, and I was actually encouraged. You know it's God when you can be encouraged on Facebook. I've got some pretty encouraging friends, though. See, it helps who you have for friends, whether or not you're going to be encouraged or not. Although sometimes we're the encouragers. Amen? Can't give up on everyone negative, or there'd be nobody left. 
right? So this is good. And this could have something to do with the weather. I don't know. Worry is a conversation you have with yourself about things you cannot change. Prayer is a conversation you have with God about things he can change. That's pretty good. That's worthy of the church marquee. You know, seven days without prayer makes one weak, W-E-A-K. You remember that one? Okay, that's a good one. All right, here's one that I just thought was good. Uh, it was kind of a rant. You know, there's, there's got to be a few rants on Facebook, or it's just not Facebook. I don't know one successful person who leaves their card in the middle of the parking lot. <laughs> Anybody have any dents to testify to that? fact. If you're too big to do the small things, you're too small to do the big things. Yeah, put the cart back. I think in Europe and at Aldi, they have it right. You get your quarter if you put it in the thing, and I'm going to get that quarter, all right? All right. Now, here's, here's a good one. A little grocery store receipt. You go shopping at the Salvation Store, Jesus paid it all. Sin paid, shame paid, regret paid, past mistakes paid, unforgiveness paid, hurt paid, anger paid, debt paid, change zero. I'd say the change is a happy life, right? Little joy. Okay, grand total zero. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. Romans 8:23. That's a receipt worth saving, right, Sharon? I have to give her all my receipts. <laughs> all right, this one's cool. I like how with memes and social media and everything, we can boil everything right down to a picture. Okay, here's, here's a picture of this past week. A lot can happen in seven days. Palm Sunday, crown of thorns across the tomb. That's pretty cool when you look at it. Yeah, they make a good bumper sticker. People still have those? Oh, Diana does. Okay. Here's, here's one. I don't. You've seen how I drive. Okay. All right, this is powerful. This is from our missionary, Richard Apfel. And I've seen it repeated and shared and repeated and shared. You know, in the old days... I'm going to get into the word here in a second. But in, in the old days, we used to photocopy and fax stuff. So I'd be working baggage ser service at the airport, and this thing would come across like, you want it when? And there's all these guys laughing on the floor, you know? But you could tell how repeated it was by how fuzzy the letters were. That's how many times it had been photocopied beyond all recognition. Now we can just cut and paste, and it's just like the original. Okay, this came from Richard Apfel, greatest man in history. He had no servants, yet they call him master. He had no degree, yet they call him teacher. He had no medicines, yet they called him healer. He had no army, yet kings feared him. He won no military battles, yet he conquered the world. He committed no crime, yet they crucified him. He was buried in a tomb, yet he lives today. His name is... Jesus. That's pretty awesome, right? I got one more. I got one more. Death was proof that Jesus was human. Resurrection was proof that he is God. Amen? All right.
Okay, you can turn to Acts 2, otherwise we'll have the scripture on the board. But the title of today's message is The Result of the Resurrection. The Result of the Resurrection. And in Acts 2, we have Peter getting up to preach, which is pretty awesome. Peter, the disciple, becomes Peter, the apostle, in a matter of very short amount of time because of the Holy Spirit. Now, they've been walking and talking with Jesus after his resurrection. Jesus has shown them many things. He has ascended into heaven. He said, wait in Jerusalem. They wait. The Holy Spirit comes, transforms the 120 that were in that room, and Peter runs outside with everybody else, and he starts preaching. And in his message, and this is what I want to focus on today, in his message, Peter quotes a prophecy by King David when he gives his first public sermon after the birth of the church. And he preaches this by the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's the difference. That's the result of the resurrection, that we have access to the Spirit's power. Jesus had told his disciples less than two months before, in John 15, 26 and 27, when the Helper comes, he's talking about the Spirit of God, when the Helper comes, whom I send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will bear witness about me, and you will also bear witness because you have been with me. That was a promise Jesus gave that final week of his life, and here Peter is, and he's fulfilling that promise, and he's preaching in the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the helper. The Holy Spirit, that word helper means he's literally called beside us. He is called to our aid. He brings us into truth. He stands with us. He empowers us. And he will bear witness of who God is through us. Amen? All right. The Holy Spirit is now speaking through Peter in Acts 2, 22. I'm going to preach Peter's message today. People of Israel, listen. God publicly endorsed Jesus, the Nazarene, by doing powerful miracles, wonders, and signs through him, as you well know. But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed with the help of lawless Gentiles, you nailed him to a cross and killed him. But God, but God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back up to life, for death could not keep him in his grip. King David said this about him. I see that the Lord is always with me. I will not be shaken, for he is right beside me. No wonder my heart is glad. My tongue shouts his praises. My body rests in hope. For you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your Holy One to rot in the grave. You have shown me the way of life and you will fill me with the joy of your presence. Dear brothers, think about this. You can be sure that the patriarch, David, was not referring to himself. For he died and he was buried and his tomb is still here among us. But he was a prophet. And he knew God had promised with an oath that one of David's own descendants would sit on his throne. David was looking into the future and speaking of the Messiah's resurrection. 
He was saying that God would not leave him among the dead or allow his body to rot in the grave. God raised Jesus from the dead. And we are all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And the Father, as he had promised, gave him the Holy Spirit to pour out upon us just as you see and hear today. Wow. And the result? 3,000 people gave their hearts to Jesus Christ. 3,000 people were convinced of the reality of the resurrection. And they wanted what Peter had. <laughs> they wanted what those disciples had. They wanted what they came down out of that upper room. They just didn't stay up there. They came down and testified. They bore witness by the power of the Holy Spirit. So Peter quoted Psalm 16, a song of David under the power of the Holy Spirit. Here Peter, a common fisherman, is now quoting the word with power and authority. And Paul, the apostle, who was once an enemy of Jesus Christ, Paul is preaching, and he quotes Psalm 16 in Acts 13. Verses 36 and 37. For when David had served God's purpose in his own generation, he fell asleep. He died. His body was buried with his fathers and it saw decay. But the one whom God raised from the dead did not see decay. Who's he talking about? Jesus Christ. All right. Last week we talked about Palm Sunday partnership, that we partner with God to bring about his will and purpose to the earth. We praise him for everything he's done, the mighty miracles, and we have an expectation of him, but we know that it doesn't always turn out the way we think it'll turn out. But God has a plan, and it's always even better than we could imagine. And so we see here this interesting combination. We have the past. We have David prophesying. We have what is then the present, Peter preaching, and we have the future, which is us. Here we are in the future. We get to profit from the results of those things. The plan of God, which took many hundreds of years to fulfill, many thousands of years, actually, from the fall of Adam and Eve to the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. 2,000 years later, here we are celebrating. Wow. We see resurrection in the light of wherever we are in time and in place. And we have these three realities. What Jesus did for me, what he's doing right now, and what he will do in the future. And that goes into all eternity, guys. Hebrews 13.8 says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, right now, and forever. Now let's break it down and make it personal. Let's talk about David the shepherd. David the shepherd boy. David was, I love him, a real person. Yeah, just so real. Okay, he had passions. Very passionate guy. He had problems. We are very relatable. This guy's a singer-songwriter. Yeah, I mean, he played the harp. If he was alive today, he'd play the guitar. The, the, yeah. He wrote songs that we still sing today. That's what I call an enduring legacy. 
He praised God in public. He just did not care what anybody thought. Even in his underwear. That's going a bit far in my opinion, but I'm not going to criticize. It didn't work out too well for <laughs> other folk that criticized. And, and you know, I love David. He had family issues. He did. He had enemies. And yet, he was a man after God's own heart. Now, we can remember him as David the shepherd from our Sunday school color sheet. Him with his, he always has curly hair in those pictures, okay? But he becomes David the king. He becomes, Peter calls him David the patriarch. And then we have another personality here. Who's quoting David the king, David the shepherd, Peter, Peter the fisherman. Peter the fisherman was a real person. By the way, The Chosen season two is going to be live tonight at 7 p.m. Well, it's not going to be live, but they're going to stream it. If you have missed The Chosen, I heartily recommend it. I get nothing in return for this endorsement. All right. (laughs) Peter the fisherman. He was a real person. (laughs) He had passions and he had problems. You have to be pretty passionate to cut off somebody's ear, let alone the servant of the high priest. You know, that's just kind of a little glimpse. I believe the Bible's true because it has details in there that I wouldn't put in. I was trying to convince anybody, oh, follow this great religion. (laughs) I mean, the disciples, can we bring swords? (laughs) We're going to, (laughs) they're leaving the upper room. Jesus, do we finally get to bring swords? We have a couple swords here. What about the swords? Yeah, bring the swords. I mean, he's just tired. (laughs) Bring the swords. So Peter's got a sword. They come up. They say they're going to arrest Jesus. I don't know what this guy named Malchus. This, this story's in all four Gospels. We find out, I believe in John, that he's Malchus. means king. His parents had high hopes for him. <laughs> and there he is. And there's Peter. Grab the sword. That's something pretty sharp. You know how if you get a little nick on your ear, how bad it bleeds? Can you imagine the whole ear? But Jesus just takes it in stride. <laughs> Excuse me, you dropped something. <laughs> Peter, on the one hand, he just went with whatever the mood was going. I mean, have mouth will speak. I'll follow you anywhere, Jesus. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. Yeah, wow. He's saying this one minute. And then he denies Jesus three times on the night he's arrested. And yeah, this is the miracle and the power of Jesus Christ. This gives me hope. Jesus 
pursued Peter. He went after him. Peter says, I'm going to do what I know to do, and that's catch fish. But God had other ideas. Peter, the fisherman, becomes Peter, the apostle. Peter, the church father. The Peter who wrote part of the New Testament. Isn't that amazing? And then we've got David, who's a very real person. We've got Peter. And we've got you and me. We've got a bunch of real people here today, folks. If you think us folk at the Lighthouse are anything special, yeah, we are. <laughs> but believe me, after pastoring here for 21 years, I know. <laughs> we is real. We is real. You know, we're all in the middle of something right now. We all have passions, and we all have problems. We're all navigating these cra crazy, crazy times. We all have family issues, like David. You know, personally, I can testify of some of my issues. Don't anyone start shouting them out. You know, we're dealing with stuff here. The tornado came, took out a lot of the church. It's amazing we're meeting in here right now. A year ago, we were in the parking lot. We were in a school. We were in a patio. We were crammed into the coffee bar. We were online. And, you know, just trying to figure out what's going to happen next. Yay. And now we've got plans finally. I laid out the plans before the church a few weeks ago. And now we have to go to planning and zoning, and you know, the end is near, but each week there's a new challenge. We're just gonna call them opportunities for a future testimony, right? Okay, so there's this thing, that thing, you know, I get angry sometimes. I get impatient a lot of times. I don't know why you're laughing. I, I've lost my cool before. That's a good way of putting, I lost, oh, I lost my cool, sorry. You had a meltdown, but I just lost my cool, okay. You know, in 2009, I was a basket case when we opened up the coffee bar. I look back on it, I thought that I had it all under control. I look back on it, and I'm like, you were a basket case, dude. And that basket case lasted about 10 years. I've made tons of mistakes. I go to celebrate recovery. <laughs> I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ who struggles with perfectionism, workaholism, control issues. But I'm a work in progress, guys. And by the grace of God, I will not be known by my failures. I will be known for the calling and the result of what God has done in and through me. And that will be my legacy. Amen. And I'm not alone. Look at your neighbor and say, he's talking about you. All right. He's talking about you.
Don't give up. God is going to come through if we trust in him. He may not fulfill things the way I think he will expect him to do it. I could get out my daily planner, my whiteboard, and say, okay, God, these are the issues, and this is how we're going to deal with it. Yeah? But he will do it his way and in his time and in a way that is much better than all of us can imagine. Ephesians 3, 20 and 21 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we can ask or even think according to the power that works in us. To him be the glory and the Honor in the church by Jesus Christ to all generations forever and ever. Amen. As believers, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, think about this, lives in us. We have access to that same power according to Romans 8, 11. That makes every issue seem very small. That same power lives in you and I as believers. And now we know that the result of the resurrection, as a result, there's nothing too far gone. There's no one beyond his ability to save. If you're breathing, there is hope. There's nothing beyond his ability to heal. There's no one too far gone to be delivered. The result of the resurrection is that we have hope. As David said in his prophecy, we can rest in hope. That's powerful, isn't it? Rest in hope. I can rest in the hope that if a rebuilding is going to take place, God's going to take care of it. He accomplished a resurrection then, and he has since. The Greek word for resurrection is anastasis. It means literally to raise up. And he can raise us up. He can raise up our fallen dreams. There is always hope, no matter how dark it looks, in that hour. And I'm old enough to have seen some dark things and some dark times. I see Peter and Hannah here. Man, we love these guys. They were a young, newlywed couple expecting their first baby. First baby was born early, and I remember sitting at the hospital holding that baby. And us all crying. That was a dark hour. But God has blessed them and brought them through it. And there's Daisy. And there's the rest of the family all intertwined there with their grandparents. Hi, Andrea. God is good. You know, it says Psalm 127, blessed is he whose quiver is full of them. I quiver when I look at that family. All right. <laughs> You know, a little over a year ago, 
I was driving through Dallas and got a phone call from Shelley that her father-in-law, who had been off and on again dealing with some health issues, we'll just say, that it looked like it was time. They were calling the family together. and He had been doing so much better. He had been at church all through our difficult season and I remember looking into his eyes and all that was really registering of his whole body were his beautiful eyes. I remember locking in with those eyes and letting him know that we were about to say goodbye. That was hard. That was a dark day. But because we're believers and because we know that he's in heaven, we have hope. We're going to be together again. I remember hearing when my daughter was pregnant. So excited. Connie was out there for her birthday in California. And they were at the doctor. We were going to find out whether we were expecting a little grandbaby boy or a grandbaby girl. And you know, as grandparents, there's really nothing better. Pretty exciting. So I got a phone call expecting to hear whatever the news was, and the news we got is that his heart wasn't forming, and he may not make it through pregnancy. I felt like I had been knocked over. Because it's one thing to go through something yourself, but to watch your kids go through something? No. It's not something we wanted to happen. And we prayed, and we waited, and Logan was born, and he was healthy that day. He was the biggest baby in the NICU. <laughs> he had to have surgery right away. He had to have several surgeries. But he's coming in today from California. He'll be 11 in May. God got us through that dark moment. Sometimes we do lose those we love. Actually, it's inevitable, guys. Sometimes he heals. But David says in the psalm that God didn't allow his anointed one, his holy one, to see decay because that is not the norm. <laughs> These earthly bodies are destined to decay. This is the normal course of things in the fallen world we live in. But through faith in Jesus Christ, we can rest in hope of reuniting with our loved ones through the resurrection. Yes. Jesus said, destroy this temple, and in three days I will rebuild it, in John 2.19. We know through the word of God that these bodies are not the ones that really matter. We will have new bodies as believers, a much better version of yourself. Isn't that awesome? Jesus had a resurrected body. 
It says in 1 Corinthians 15, 20, he is the first of those who will be raised from the dead. I have an appointment with resurrection because of Jesus Christ. Is this kind of hope crazy? Or is it the most sane option of all? See, you can have hope in randomness, accidental serendipity, the universe, karma, chance, luck. You can believe that you're the result of eons, untold eons of chance and survival. But true hope is not hope in hope itself. But it's hope in a person, in a God who knows how to create. He knows how to recreate. He knows how to resurrect. And he knows how to rebirth. Because he says, you must be born again. He gives us that opportunity. Whoever believes in him will not perish. Yeah, your body's going to perish. It's perishable. There is a sell-by date on your body. Some of us are closer. Some of us are a little past. All right. But this is not the final product. David looked forward to the resurrection. Peter witnessed it firsthand. He testified of it. And we can look back and experience the power of that resurrection day by the power of his spirit. The result of the resurrection is hope. Because through the resurrection, we know that whatever we're going through, it's not over until God says so. And I'm here to tell you today, that he's faithful. He is good. He is kind. Put your trust in him. You'll never be disappointed. You may have to wait a while, but he will come through. Amen. Would you stand with me? Alex, could you come up, please? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We love you today. Thank you, Lord. If you're a believer today, let's just start praying. Just start praying. Just start thanking him. Thanking him for those answers to prayer. Thank him for hope. Thank him for life. Thank him for resurrection. Thank you for your Holy Spirit today. Thank you that we're not alone. We don't face these trials. We don't face these hard times. God, on our own. We have each other, but most of all, we have you. So I just pray for anyone who is in a hopeless situation right now. Lord, there are so many things going wrong in the world today. When we can't even look at a weather report without getting some bad news, there's a whole lot of bad news out there. But we thank you that the gospel's called the good news. And the good news is that Jesus Christ took the punishment that we so deserve for our sins, for the failures that we've committed. And he took those things to the cross rose from the dead so that we could all have life eternal. Lord, I thank you today for life. And so, Lord, we just bring our, our issues before you. We bring those things that are weighing us down. We say, Jesus, take the burden. Take the burden, God. 
We thank you right now. We put our faith in you. We put our trust in you. We thank you for this day that we're reminded that we have hope. And we can rest in hope because of Jesus Christ. In his precious name we pray. Let's close in worship today.